Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s. And each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto-pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto-pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for well-qualified customers. Contact us before canceling accounts to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. Ctmobile.com. Jacob Albrock. Tommy Kester, this is Sports Daily on Wichita's number one sports radio, 97.5 and 1240 KFH. All right, welcome back in, everybody, to another edition of Sports Daily. Jacob Albrock, Tommy Kester, with you on a Tuesday uh, a day after a pretty exciting Monday night football game as we look ahead now to the uh, to the home stretch of the NFL season. We'll get into some college basketball likely throughout the program today. And how about a little Royals baseball? It has been uh, an abnormally uh, wild and crazy and, you know, eventful offseason for the Royals who are making moves, it seems like now, every day. And we haven't talked a whole lot about it. Um, so we'll get into that just a little bit. We're looking forward to that conversation as well today. Uh, all kinds of good stuff coming for you. Tommy, how are you this morning? I'm good. Wild Monday night football last night. Uh, man, it's been a while. I mean, I know we've had a couple of pretty good Monday night football games. This was the first one that I remember in a little while, like watching from start to finish and kind of being glued to the TV. It was pretty exciting. Yeah, it was It was really good. Um, I, I think that... You know, when we look at it, it was meaningful. Both teams were good. It had a chance not to be good with Drew Locke having to step in as a starting quarterback. I don't know that there's a tremendous drop between Geno and Drew Locke, but there's a drop. And then it delivered. And so it was awesome. And then is it next Monday night we get Baltimore-San Francisco game of the year? Yeah. Two top teams in each conference going head-to-head. So that will be uh, really cool to see. These primetime games... And I don't know what the NFL can do about it. Last night, not an example, obviously. That was a good one. But we've had way too many just awful matchups. And, you know, it's one thing if the game isn't very good. It's another if it's hard to even get excited for the game before it's played. We've had way too many of those. I don't know what the league can do. I don't know if there's a way to flex in games to prime time. Well, this was a flex game, wasn't it? I mean, because remember the Chiefs. Oh, was it? The Chiefs and the Patriots were originally scheduled for oh, Monday Night Football. Then. They flexed it out. Uh, well, and maybe I, they – Yeah. Okay, so if you do it early enough, I mean, you could do you could do it, you know, if you give them like a month in advance. And going to a Monday is not that big a deal. It's the Thursday issue is the bigger issue. Yeah. And, you know, it, so 
can you in some way a month out maybe go and say hey we're going to need somebody and there would be a whole lot that goes into that right like a team can't do it more than you know you don't want any team to have to play a thursday more than one time and you know, all that stuff so it'd be hard but I, I guess that just sort of becomes the danger with a thursday night football game which is already pretty odd and strange and all those things but it was good last night uh, if you're a Seahawks fan, you're alive. If you're an Eagles fan, you're terrified. If you thought it was going bad for Kansas City lately, uh, I'll I'll see the Eagles, who now have lost three in a row. Um, and you know they can't they 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 had a streak there where they had wins over Dallas, Kansas City, and Buffalo in back to back weeks. And then Miami was in the mix there on a win streak. Like they were cruising and grooving and beating good teams. And now you know they're they can't. They can't get anything done. They get to come home against the Giants in Arizona, and then they get the Giants again. So they're probably going to win the rest of their games. But if you're an Eagles fan, and we talk about like who are real contenders, I mean, you got to be pretty worried right now. There's there's no confidence right now that they can beat San Francisco, let in the NFC. I, I mean, there's I them or Dallas. Yeah, you know what's crazy about the NFL this season is that really I think we can all agree that the 49ers are probably the one team in the entire NFL that, I mean, they look like a like the legitimate Super Bowl contender. And, and that's a team that even lost three in a row earlier this season, but they look like the legitimate Super Bowl contender. Then after that, I mean, if we're going to power rank it, probably the Ravens at number two. Then there's a bunch of teams that could be Super Bowl contenders, but each one of them have flaws. Kansas City's one of them. Dallas is one of them. Philadelphia is one of them. Miami is probably one of them. There are several teams that, you know, are right there that, you know, we, you wouldn't be surprised to see them, I think, in the Super Bowl. But all of them have what could end up being fatal flaws. And then there's, you know, a handful of teams behind them. I wouldn't put Detroit in that category. They're probably a tier down where they're a nice team, but I don't think they're Super Bowl caliber. And then a bunch of other teams after that. So, I mean, really, you know, it wouldn't surprise me, and it shouldn't surprise anybody if we end up seeing a Super Bowl between San Francisco and Baltimore. Well, Baltimore is far more wide open to me than San Francisco, who is a very clear top. I think the gap between you still San don't Francisco, think Baltimore is a clear. No, cut. it's not. That's that's they, not what I'm saying. Clear cut. Out, I, they blew out Jacksonville I, I on Sunday night. What I'm what I'm saying is, I think there is a big difference in San Francisco and the rest of the NFC compared to Baltimore and the rest of the AFC. Now, I say that. San Francisco, remember, Debo got a little nicked up. They lose three games. So, I mean, even as good and as dominant as they've looked, there is this, like, thin ice thing floating around San Francisco. I mean, they couldn't beat anybody when Debo was out. They lost three in a row. So, even San Francisco is a little dangerous, right? Like, they're they're very top-heavy. We've talked about that. And outside of that, they don't have much. So they've got to stay healthy as a big component of what they do. And, and you know, last week, even, there were back-to-back plays where it looked like Purdy and McCaffrey were hurt. They both came back and were fine. But there is a little bit of a shaky nature, even to San Francisco, who's, who's dominant when they're healthy. But, yes, I think San Francisco's path appears much clearer at the moment than Baltimore's does, only because I think... In totality, the AFC is much better than the NFC. San Francisco's the best team, but the AFC is a much better conference. Just look at the playoff teams. Look at who's going to end up in the playoffs out of the two leagues, and and it becomes pretty clear. When you look at the AFC, 
and you've got a situation where Buffalo may not even be good enough to get in, and you look at the potential teams there that could come out of the AFC versus the NFC where you've got, you know, a potential of Tampa Bay, New Orleans, and Atlanta, like two teams out of that league getting in, and Minnesota with their ninth-string quarterback, and Tampa with Baker Mayfield. The Rams are interesting. Hey, don't knock but, Baker I mean, Mayfield. He has looked incredible the last couple of weeks. He, he's looked great. I love Baker Mayfield. I root for Baker Mayfield. But Tampa's not a threat, right? Tampa's not a threat. Minnesota's not a threat. Whoever comes out of the you know, South isn't a threat. There are three threats maybe four if you when we look at Detroit out of the NFC maybe but it looks like three and really it might be one considering we've seen San Francisco wipe the floor with Dallas and Philadelphia this year but we, and we talked about this a little bit at the end of the show yesterday I mean in the AFC we'll see what happens with Indianapolis and Houston and if Buffalo can find their way in but when, you, when you're talking Baltimore, Miami, Kansas City, Jacksonville, Cleveland, Cincinnati, and even if it's Houston, let's say it's Houston or Buffalo, because I, I just don't want to give Indianapolis very much credit for whatever reason. I mean, you're looking at teams that could all make a run. And I'm going to put Cincinnati in there, even with their backup quarterback, because he's looked fantastic. I think Jacksonville may actually be like the weakest of that group. Uh, because they just can't figure it out. But Baltimore, Miami, Kansas City, Cleveland, Cincinnati, Buffalo, maybe Houston, the way they've played with C if C.J. Stroud comes back healthy. I mean, you're talking about any of those teams could make it. Now, Baltimore's got a clear advantage there. But the top-to-bottom depth of this playoff field is pretty wild. And we thought it was going to be that way in the AFC. You remember back to the very beginning of the season, we talked about how difficult the AFC is going to be. It's, it's sort of ended up being the teams we thought it would. Some of them look a little different right now than we thought they would. But it's the same teams. And I think you can make a case that any of them could make a run. Whereas in the NFC, I, I would have a hard time making a case for any team but one. And that's the difference in the two leagues to me. Like, you'd have to try. I, I mean, convince me that anybody besides San Francisco has a shot right now. That's a tough sell. I think it's, I mean, it's going to come down to health, and we saw what happened with San Francisco. And you mentioned Debo, and Debo was a large part of the reason why they lost three in a row. But don't forget, they also were without Trent Williams for a while, and that was massive for the 49ers. Sure. And, you know, the fact when you, know, you had a period of time where both Debo and Trent Williams were out simultaneously, that was, that was a big-time issue for San Francisco. Barring some kind of major injury, yeah, I mean, I think that San Francisco – is at the top of the NFC, but they're not perfect. I think they're legitimate. I think that they're solid. I think they're really, really good, but they're not perfect. And, you know, you have to go back a few weeks ago to, you know, to understand that, but nobody is. Philadelphia clearly is Definitely. not. Dallas clearly is not. Detroit clearly is not. I do think that, you know, there's a reason why odds on favorites are, you know, who they are. There's a reason why San Francisco looks to be the favorite. Um, I, I do think, though, that while I do agree with you that the AFC from top to bottom has a lot more dangerous teams that could get hot and could make a run in the playoffs, I'm not disagreeing with that at all. But I do think that you are forgetting or overlooking how powerful Baltimore has actually looked in the last several weeks. Like the cream has risen to the top and that cream is absolutely Baltimore. You know, the way that they played against Jacksonville on Sunday night, the way that Lamar 
is not only using his arm, but using his legs. And this is probably outside of the MVP season for Lamar, the best that he's looked in his career, I would say. Now, they did suffer an injury with that rookie, Keaton Mitchell, tearing his ACL. He's out for the year. They have had brutal luck with running backs, but they are incredibly explosive with their weapons they have, catching the football, and you know if they can get Mark Andrews potentially back for the playoffs, I don't know exactly what that looks like. That's going to be a difference maker for them, and we talked about it before. Their defense is solid, and so I think that while I do understand and agree with the, the praise that we are heaping on San Francisco, I think Baltimore is worthy of that too in the AFC. If if Mark Andrews is able to come back, and I thought he was done for the season. That injury um, wasn't as bad originally as uh, what they thought it was. So I don't know where it stands right now. That would change things. I, I would certainly change things for me because I think he is their best weapon. But, I, I you know, San Francisco right now is, a, is two times more likely, according to Vegas odds. This is just Vegas odds to win it than Baltimore is. And then it, you know, and then the chiefs are still right behind them. Interestingly, the dolphins fall pretty far, you know, so, so really like San Francisco is the only short bet right now. Even the Ravens are still, you can get five and a half to one on the Ravens, which is pretty wild. Whereas you can barely get two to one on the Niners. I, 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 I like Baltimore. I think Harbaugh's great. It's not that I don't believe in Baltimore. I believe in Baltimore. I think they're equipped to make a run. I think that home field likely goes through there. I like all those things. I just think every game they'll have to play to get there is going to be tough. And I don't know that San Francisco is going to face that same thing. Dallas and Philadelphia just don't seem as daunting as what Baltimore would have to go through in total. Dallas, listen, Dallas on the road, Dallas ain't winning anything. I'm a Cowboys fan. They're not They're not going to win crap. They're just not. They're not a good enough team on the road. I hope I'm wrong, but I don't think that I am. Um, in Philadelphia, I don't. I can't figure out all what's going on with Philadelphia because, you know, normally it's that their defense kind of stinks. Their defense wasn't terrible last night, and then they couldn't score. It was just a strange, strange outcome. As I'm looking at these odds, it it does, you know, you could take a swing and get some pretty long odds on teams. It's an interesting year to do that. Uh, Buffalo stands out at 12 to 1. They've, of course, still got the task of getting there. I, I would imagine that if Buffalo... You know, if all things were equal and they and you could tell me that they were for sure getting in, they would certainly be not as long as 12 to 1. Uh, here's an interesting one for me. As you just take a swing or a stab at, at a team, the Rams. Like, what are the Rams? Rem remember that the Rams went across the country for an early game and took the Ravens to overtime. They're healthy finally. They haven't been all year. They've got their complement of weapons. They, they're loaded on offense. And and don't forget, they still have Aaron Donald, and they added a bunch of pieces defensively. Man, I think the Rams are a really interesting team. They finished the year with San Francisco, but Tommy, you can get the Rams right now at eighty to one, eighty to one, for a team that can run the ball the way they can with Puka Nakua and Cooper Cup, and we know Stafford when he's out there has still got a little left in the tank. Kyron Williams, is I great. Think I think that's a really interesting of all the teams you could bet on a long shot, they're way down there. And they look good. Like for instance, the Lions sit at 18 to 1. Would you rather have the Lions at 18 to 1 or the Rams at 
80 to 1. Well, by the way, can you imagine a potential playoff matchup between Matthew Stafford, Stafford and Detroit. the Lions? Yeah, like, awesome. That would be incredible to watch. Yeah. I think part of the reason why the Rams are a long shot right now and why they're kind of being forgotten about or overlooked, I think people are still thinking this is the Lions team of a year ago. And it's not. The Rams team of a year um, the, ago. The, yeah, the Rams team from a year ago. And and it's, it's clearly not. Um, you know, they're a team that... They're healthy again, as you mentioned. Matthew Stafford looks pretty good, uh, you know. So I would I would not hesitate to put some money down on an eighty to one long shot odds on the Rams to make a run. I, I really wouldn't, and I think that you know if you can list off all these, and there's probably four or five of them, these teams in the AFC that are dangerous in the playoffs. There, I'll agree with you. There aren't as many in the NFC, but if there's one, it's the Rams. I, 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 I'll find that, and I'm going to check all the sites to make sure 80-1 to 1 is the longest. But that feels like a fun $5 bet to make, right? But they're, they're interesting, and I just have sort of seen them, and I, and I think about like what they are, and like, they have a ton on offense when they're healthy. And I think their defense is probably a little bit better. I mean, I haven't paid any attention to their defense, and they've given up some points. It's just really like, is it good enough? I mean, they beat Seattle and Cleveland recently and, again, took Baltimore to overtime on the road on a coast-to-coast game. They finish with New Orleans, the Giants, and then that game at San Francisco, which is really interesting. Uh, They haven't played San Francisco since, like, week two. Um, I wonder what—let's look, to at what the early line is this week— on the Rams uh, taking on New Orleans. That feels like a really, really good bet because I'll bet you that it's not a huge line. Uh, I'm just going to take a quick peek here. That's a Thursday night game too, isn't it, this week? Rams-Saints? Isn't that the Thursday night? That's actually, that's a really good, the Rams by four, I'm all over that. Uh, That's a really good game. That's a playoff game potentially because New Orleans is looking... um, New Orleans is looking like they're one of the playoff teams, too. I think those are two teams kind of fighting for that last spot to some degree in the NFC as the AFC, or the NFC South is all jumbled up. Yeah, New Orleans and the Rams, both 7-7, seven and seven, very much in the mix for the, you know, for the final two spots there in the, uh, in the NFC. So that, that's a great Thursday night game. We'll talk more about that later. But I'm early line, four Rams all over it. Rams at home, four against New Orleans? Come yeah. on now. Yeah, Let's give, go. Give me the Rams. All right, so Philadelphia loses. It gets, you know, it just, it just furthers this wacky year of the NFL where there are a lot of, you know, teams that could be in the mix, but only maybe a couple that are separating themselves, and they get to play each other on the next time in the next Monday Night Football, which is which is going to be fantastic. Let's take a quick break. We got all kinds of fun stuff coming for you today here on the show. The IHOP Hotline is open at eight six nine twelve forty. Uh, We will have some giveaways. We'll give away our final pair of tickets to the Turnpike Troubadours. We will give away some HTO coffee. We'll have Dan Israel, the executive producer of the Chiefs Radio Network, joining us at the top of the hour. Speaking of the Chiefs, if you can't get enough Chiefs coverage, you can check out the New Heights podcast with Jason and Travis Kelsey. It's free on the Odyssey app. Follow it on the Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcast. A little baseball talk for the first time in a while when we return on Sports Daily. All right, welcome back in, everybody, here to Sports Daily. Jacob Albrock, Tommy Castor alongside you. Glad to be here alongside you. 
Uh, talking a little Major League Baseball here. That IHOP hotline, by the way, is open. 869-1240, Royals fans, because we're hitting the Royals here, Tommy. In an offseason, you know, I, look, I didn't really expect them to uh, to do a lot this offseason. I'm not sure anybody did. It got off to a bad start because you had the draft lottery bite them the wrong way and they kind of lose positioning and it was like oh no like uh yeah here we go not good um what are we gonna do here and then and then look they come out and they're as aggressive as any team is in this offseason so far in baseball Tommy and they've put together something that's you know that's pretty impressive yeah, I mean, they have spent the fifth amount of money so far uh, this offseason. That can always change as the offseason goes on. But as of right now, they've spent the fifth amount of money out of all Major League Baseball teams. Obviously, the Dodgers are at number one with Shohei Otani. But then it goes to the Phillies, Diamondbacks, Giants, and then Royals. They've spent $105 million so far this offseason. And, you know, I think there's a variety of reasons to that. I think number one, and, and most of all, they knew that last season was not acceptable. J.J. Piccolo said as much as soon as the season was over with it, the, the way that the team played. And, you know, I think that they were just outmatched, you know, a majority of the season. So they made a commitment to go spend money. But on top of that, they won a new ballpark. They want to win. And on top of that, the AL Central is pretty winnable. And so I think that they thought, okay, we, we can go and make some additions, and if we spend some money, then we can maybe win this division as soon as this coming season. So then the question becomes, has it been enough? And I think that, that you know, like it's good to see them spend money, but they're restricted too, Tommy. And like, is any money good money? Not necessarily. I mean, it's good when you're trying to convince the fan base, right? But, you know, blindly throwing money around isn't the smartest thing to do. So then you look at the moves that they've made. And it's like, okay, I'm glad they're spending money. I'm glad they're making the commitment. That's what we asked them to do, right? Right. right. So now you look at the moves that they are making. And you've got Seth Lugo, who we talked about briefly, like the move. Will Smith, okay. they It's a need. Chris Stratton, it's a need. Those two guys, however good they are, you know, they didn't, they were both a part of the Rangers bullpen that just won a World Series, albeit not a ton in the postseason, but it's an upgrade. Nick right? Anderson an upgrade. is in the bullpen. They acquired him as well. That's another bullpen piece. Yep. And, and again, like not like needle moving back end guys or anything like that. But Will Smith closed games for the Rangers this past season when they had to have him, and he's a lefty. Like, the, all of them become useful pieces. And they add Hunter Renfro, which, you know, whatever. Like, I, he, he's fine. It's going to be a helpful thing. But it's it's Lugo and Waka where they've really spent. And it's no more of, well, these young pitchers will develop. It is a commitment to the rotation with two – I mean, they're not the, the highest end – free agents out there so so let's take like stroman and giolito two guys that the royals had been rumored to be flirting with you take those two guys the difference between stroman and giolito to waka and lugo is not that big and it's going to be huge financially but reality is it's not that big the royals just just found two pitchers and, you know, if Waka's healthy, he can lead your rotation if you need him to. 
But you've got two guys there. You know Cole Reagans is there, which was the best move they made last season. And then probably Brady Singer and I guess Jordan Lyles, maybe as a fifth starter, whatever it ends up being. I mean, that is a that is absolutely a respectable rotation, but it's a rotation that is clearly better oh, than yeah. what they had last year. I mean, it's not even in yeah. the same stratosphere. They're I don't know if they're like a full run better, but they're a half run better as far as like starter ERA. Well, it's a significant upgrade at rotation. I mean, when you're looking at a a starting rotation of Waka, Lugo, Reagans, who was a, a revelation a year ago. Yep. Brady Singer, who looks like he's coming along finally. And then, yeah, Jordan Lyles, whatever, didn't do great last season. But, you know, if they throw him out there as a fifth starter or whatever, right. I'm okay with that. That is a significant upgrade. And how many times last season did we say this pitching rotation is a joke? The, I mean, there really wasn't a ton of conversation about the lineup. Yeah, there were flaws in the lineup. Absolutely there were. But there were also injuries. Vinny Pascantino was out for the entire season uh, with an injury. And, and Salvador Perez missed time and things like that. You know, So there were conversations about the lineup. But by and large, it was about the pitching staff in general. It was the rotation and it was the bullpen. There were major, major issues with that pitching staff a year ago. And this is J.J. Piccolo and Matt Quatrero sitting down and saying, look, we have to upgrade this now. And we don't have a ton of confidence and faith in the guys in our farm system to pitch, the guys that we have tried to develop, the guys that we have drafted. They're not ready. They may never be ready. Not only did they go out and, and acquire some of these players, but they've traded away a couple of the, the young arms that they were wanting to groom and bring along. Jackson Kowar is no longer on the team. They traded him away. You know, and so when you don't have a farm system where you feel confident in bringing up these young pitchers and developing them and having homegrown stars and homegrown talent, you got to go elsewhere. And if you can't spend the major dollars, if you're kind of, you know, you're, you're handcuffed because of your market and all of that, I'm perfectly okay with guys like Lugo and Waka to anchor your rotation and guys like Smith and Stratton and Anderson to be in the bullpen. At that point, I feel so much more confident about the pitching staff that the Royals are bringing out on a game-to-game -game basis than I was a year ago. I mean, there's no question. And then it becomes, well, it becomes two things after that. One, okay, so is this rotation and bullpen through the additions that they've made going to be good enough to compete in the AL Central? It should be. Look, I, I, I think, think most I think people it think it is. Yeah. I, I do too. So you've got that, and that's and that's the first bit of and exciting let's clear, news. Like, let, let's be clear very quickly. It's not because they're a world beater rotation. It's because they're a they should be a solid rotation, and the AL Central is not very strong. It's not very strong, um, and that's you know that's that's good, right? That's they they just happen to play in a division that's yeah. not very good. So you've got that, and then there's two two more pieces, I think, as we evaluate the offseason and, and what will be a season. The other piece is the lineup. Do you continue the trajectory of Bobby Witt Jr.? I think the answer is absolutely yes. Um, is Salvador Perez going to have enough in the tank to contribute next year? I think the answer to that is probably yes. Is Vinny Pascantino going to be able to come back? Now, listen, he was rumored in a trade at the trade deadline. This was Ken Rosenthal. The Royals pondered the idea of trading him for Jesus Luzardo, which 
I would have signed off on. As much as we all liked Vinny Pascantino and his character and all that stuff, you can't, it's hard to find starting pitching, and Lizardo was pretty dang good, and he's electric. I, I, I would sign off on that move. I think it's off the table now when they signed Waka, but just for instance. But, you know, you're can he come back and be – they need his bat. They need another bat. Can Michael Garcia, you know, continue to be a player that surprises? Renfro should help. Yeah. I Will like there the, be I enough? I like the Renfro – signing i i do yeah I mean, it's I think... fine he's you know he's gonna hit probably 20 home runs next year and, they, and but look, they need the, experience the royals have had this really bad habit over the last couple of years of signing over the hill sluggers you know guys that are gonna strike out a ton maybe hit 20 home runs i mean you know like look at carlos santana as an example of that um and i know they didn't trade for him but they developed uh you know, Hunter Dozier was kind of the same way. They didn't trade for him. They had him in, in their system for a long time, but he was kind of the same way. I think that Renfro is a better signing. I think that the fact that he does have the experience, but it's not one of those like, wait, what? Why are you bringing him in? I didn't feel that oh, way I think with it's, Hunter Renfro. I think it's equitable to the Santana deal. And I think I'm it's not, better than the Santana deal. I think that— Yeah, it's fine. Santana was handy. Santana got on base and gave them decent trade value, which is— you know, that's always the backup plan to all these kinds of moves. Like, if it doesn't work, all of these players they're signing have trade value. It, it just comes with the territory. Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink... What you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s. And each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. Ctmobile.com. After the end of a good fight, you deserve an ice cold reward. Medela is the mark of a fighter. You've earned this rich golden lager with a crisp, refreshing taste. Because you know, the bigger the fight, the better the reward. You put in the hours, the energy, the tough labor. You are a fighter. and Medela is your reward. Medela, the mark of a fighter. Drink responsibly. Beer imported by Crown Import, Chicago, Illinois. I like the Rimfro move, too, just because they need experience. In fact, I think they probably could use another affordable, experienced, handy bat, and there'll be plenty of them out there as the market settles. And someone also that they acquired that really has not gotten much talk about, and I really like him, is Garrett Hampson. Uh, They brought him on. He's a utility guy. He's never going to be a guy that is going to be, you know, a major focus of your offense, but he can play multiple positions. He's got speed. Uh, He can get on base. He played for the Rockies for a couple of years. You know, he's somebody that, you know, it reminds me of those Royals days where they had 
um, Gerard Dyson and, you know, other guys like Terrence Gore, other guys like that that could get on base and, and steal bases for you. And having that speed, I think, is important. And the versatility that he can play multiple positions on the field, I think, helps too. That's another acquisition. It's not going to be somebody that we're going to be talking about a ton, but I do think it provides that depth. Yeah, it does. And and it's, it's just pieces, right? They, you know, I don't know on the bats. Like, they need some of the homegrown guys to – to develop and they need to be able to protect Bobby Witt Jr. Um, so I, I think the lineup though showed enough signs that we're all generally okay with it. So then the other piece, the third piece for me is okay. You you spent, I believe it, absolute tip of the cap. Way to go, John Sherman and Piccolo. Love what you did. I am a big, big fan of the aggression. And I think they're not just wild and crazy moves. I think they're moves that make a ton of sense for this team. Love it. Now, if you are in contention, do you pull the trigger on a big time trade to help compete? And I think that will get that will be an interesting piece, right? They don't have a tremendous farm system. In fact, it's not very good at all. So will they be aggressive and take on some salary at the deadline if they need to? I think becomes that because, you know, while this team looks like it can contend, it's certainly not one that you're like, okay, we'll just ride this through. They're going to need a little ammo if they're going to make the final push into the postseason, most likely. So that's something I think to pay attention to. I and think, then the other I, I one... Think they, uh, just to answer that, I think history says that they will if they're in contention. Johnny Quaid, They will ben under Dayton Moore and old ownership. This is a new group. I do think that, you know, at least history tells us that over the years when the Royals have been in contention, they've been willing to go out and acquire at the trade deadline. So I know it's a different group. Uh, Piccolo worked under Dayton Moore, right? You know, so it's not completely different. Uh, right. But of course, we, we need to cross that bridge. They need to be in contention. I think the biggest thing for me is setting those expectations now. I mean, you went out and you spent. There were very, very little expectations a season ago. They're going to be bigger this year. We're talking about them contending in the AL Central. You can't come out of the gate and fall on your face. That just can't happen. So there's going to be, I think, a lot of pressure on them when we get into April about how they start their season with these new acquisitions they have. The other piece for me in the final piece of this is the conversations have to continue with Bobby Wood Jr. on trying to lock him up. So you've done all this. That's great. You're you're definitely helping the fans. If you want to get them excited about a baseball stadium, it needs to be the house that Bobby Wood Jr. built. And you need to buy out a couple arbitration years and get him locked up for the long term. Um, and he's still got control and all of that stuff. But, you know, I, it is still the most important thing I think that they can do. I, you know, you remember there were <laughs> there were outrageous conversations about how they should trade him and do all that stuff. And it's I just was like, in that camp t- for a little while. I, I thought I, blow the whole I, thing up, you know. No, but but this is why you don't, because we saw him quickly develop, and then it's like, whoa, he's an MVP candidate. Like, he's going to be a dark horse MVP candidate next year with Shohei Otani out of the AL, for real. Like, he'll be he'll put up the kind of numbers that, you know, if, if things continue along the path they did a year ago, he's a free agent after 2027. That means you get four more years as of right now of Bobby Witt Jr., make it six. Go buy out two arbitration years. Uh, or sorry, go go extend that. Go buy out two free agency years. You know, if you're Bobby Witt Jr. right now, who's 23 years old and will be, I believe, when the season starts. So let's say he's 24, even if he's 24 during the season. Six more years, he'll buy out till he's 30. 
mean, yeah. he would do it. I think the challenge, and I'm not saying that he wouldn't, but the challenge in that is the historical nature of the struggle that the Royals have had in locking up their young stars over the years, right? It hasn't happened hardly at all. I mean, look Other at, than Salvador Perez. Right, but look at Carlos Beltran. Look at Johnny Damon. Uh, even Zach Grinke. You know, like some of these guys that, that came up. There have been others, you know, that they've been able to. Alex Gordon was there forever, and, and Billy Butler Eric was Cosmer, there forever. Eric Cosmer, Mike Moustakis. For a while. But, like, look, I, I think that the historical nature tells you when you've got kind of a unicorn. Bobby Witt Jr. is kind of a unicorn in that way. He's like a George Brett. It, that there's, there's not the historical context of the Royals having a ton of success in locking up their young, homegrown stars for a long time. See, what's interesting is I would agree with that perception. I'm not sure that it is reality because more recently than Damon and, and you know, that crew that you mentioned, there was Alex Gordon and Hosmer and Moustakas and Kane Those and Salvador Perez. Those guys were all Perez. really good players. They're not Bobby yeah. Wood Jr. level players. Well, no, but, I mean, Salvador Perez is a Hall of Famer. Sure. Right? Perez, yeah. I think Perez is the exception to that. Uh, and, but I'm, I'm not going to so, put Alex Gordon and – you know, Billy no, Butler no, no. and Eric Hosmer on the same level as Bobby Witt. No, not 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 what we're looking at right now. But, you know, I think the Royals have to beat that perception. That's why they got to get the deal done. Because your fans right now who you're trying to sell on a stadium, that's what they think, right? Well, All yeah. our great players are just going to leave. And, Don't and, convince them otherwise. And growing up when I did in this area, it was a foregone conclusion when the Royals had a young star to enjoy him while you could because they were going to leave, and either the Royals were going to trade them and try to get value back, or they were going to leave in free agency. That perception is a little bit different nowadays, but, man, there's PTSD, I think, in place for Royals fans from a long time ago. Right, and you, that's you got, why— you got to get it done. That's why you got to get it done, yeah. right, is to buck that perception while you're trying to build a new stadium and convince people that, like, no, we're going to be major players in Major League Baseball. Great start to the offseason. It's been on our list of things to talk about. We owed it to the Royals, as we're the home of the Royals, not just that, but they've they've earned it. This has been a fantastic offseason, not just because they're spending money. Again, like, there are lots of teams that spend lots of money and it's not good. They have spent really good money, in my opinion, uh, in good, appropriate risk taking in it. All right, let's uh, let's give away some HTO coffee here. So this is the Brew House coffee. You know about the great iced tea at HTO, more than two dozen flavors. It's all there for you. How about a couple of coffees? So you can get the Brew House offerings at the East location in Wichita or in Derby. Hot, iced, specialty drinks, all kinds of stuff, all kinds of. You know, ways you can change it and make it how you like it, just like your favorite coffee stops. Plus, it's it's delicious. So do that. While you're in, you can get a special deal on gallons for the Christmas holiday of iced tea. Check it out. Two uh, free brew house cards right now to our first caller on the IHOP hotline. Stay tuned for a chance to win Turnpike Troubadour tickets as well today. We'll come back. We'll wrap up our number one on Sports Daily. Okay, take it easy. We're going on the air. This is Sports Daily on KFH. All right, welcome back, everybody. Uh, Austin pointed out something to us on social media that the Royals also just avoided arbitration with Chris Bubich. I forgot about Bubich. He was 
doing all right. Very limited action last year, uh, but hopefully he can bounce back. He was one of the young guys that did have some promise. Travis wins that HDO Brewhouse coffee. Congratulations, Travis. Uh, get in there. Let us know what you think. We'll give away some Turnpike Troubadours in the second hour. Uh, we will also have Dan Israel, the executive producer of the Chiefs Radio Network, on with us in the second hour. Uh, so, Tommy, I told you yesterday, I, I have my son right now. He goes to he goes to school just half the day, so he hangs with me while I'm on the radio, and he's doing stuff, and I decided, okay, well, I'm going to let you watch a movie this week. It's Christmas. Home Alone. You get to watch my favorite. And I came out yesterday, and I ran upstairs to do something, and I just hear from downstairs, like, Dad, come here. And I come down, and I see them, thank goodness, but he had the stairs booby-trapped and just laughing and laughing, and I'm like, all right. Uh, so it's not like we can't re- do that in real life. Like, Dad will go to the hospital, and it's not like the wet bandits <laughs> on Home Alone. And so he's like, oh, yeah, oh, yeah, okay. Well, I get home from work last night, and there's another booby trap, which is just like a stick, right, sitting on the stairs of the garage. And I pull in, and I see the door swing open, and he's just, like, so excited. And I'm like, okay, I see the stick. Like, I, uh, what are we doing here? Like, I think that I have set myself up for potential disaster here. He's four and a half. Uh, so no judgment if that's not old enough for for appropriate home you know, alone. I don't really care what you think. But, you know what he's doing. You know, it's, so like these are very simple booby traps. He's lulling you into a false sense I, of security. I, that's what I'm afraid, and of. you're gonna be walking up the stairs, and he's gonna throw a paint can over the yeah. banister, and it's gonna hit you right in the face. I just yeah, wait for it, that. It's, it's gonna happen. And and the thing is, and we hear this all the time with him. He's he's four and a half, right? People tell us all the time when they spend any time with him, they're like, I can't believe how good his sense of humor is. And we're like, yeah, yeah, we know, you know, cause he was a COVID baby. So not everybody spent a ton of time with him as he was little. Uh, and so we're like, I, I know he has like an, like he has a very advanced sense of humor and like what he thinks is funny, what he delivers to be funny. Like he's really funny. And so I, I know that, and I'm like, he'll like. Does that mean he's gonna like do anything for a laugh? Because it, there's a good chance after seeing Home Alone, that's gonna come at my expense. You know, he kind of he looks like Kevin McAllister a little bit too. I mean, he's he got does. the blonde hair. You know, yep. kind of looks like him. I remember, by the way, this was a few years ago. Uh, do you remember the show Pop Up Video? Remember watching that on VH1? I think. Uh, where they would do music videos and they would pop up little bubbles of like facts oh, about yeah, the song. Yeah. So they did one of yeah. those, but for Home Alone. So you, it was the entire movie, and they would do little you know pop up bubbles on facts about the movie and things like that. And every like basically every prank that with the booby traps and everything around the house, it would pop up and say, "In reality, this will kill you." Like in reality, the wet bandits yeah. would be dead, and it kind of ruins yeah. the movie. Like, because I'm not, I'm not laughing anymore. I'm like, oh my god, like that actually, that's yeah, actually going to kill the person. A cartoon. No, it's good. Uh, it, Home Alone. So when I was a kid, I was like Kevin McAllister. I was that age yeah. when that movie came out. I think people used to make me deliver the lines because I looked like him, and I like my son was like a comedian, wanted to make people laugh, so they would do, oh, do the line, do the line. And I'm thinking about it now, and I'm like, man. Like, I, I just, like, I I know what I would have done for a laugh back then, and I'm screwed here. Like, something's going to happen to me. And it may happen during the show. He's out there now. And, and like, <laughs> if I don't just, like, if I don't make it back for a break, he got me. Today's like, Home Alone 2. You did Home Alone Well, yesterday. it is. He, Home Alone 2 today. It, 
So it scares him a little bit, too. Like, the movie scares him a little bit. Like, when his parents forgot him, he's like, I don't like this. Yeah. And I'm like, well, you got to get... So we already turned that off. Like, we, he didn't like two very much. I, I think it was a struggle to get to that part of the movie yesterday, and I don't think he wants to, like, go through the emotional ride of getting there again. Go ahead, Judd. Well, if he's going to get you, let's just hope that it's the saran wrap glue and feathers. Because right. that's yeah. definitely, that's yeah, and it's definitely and not, not the fatal. electrocuted yeah. doorknob. Yeah. Let's hope yeah. that he's not uh, launching bricks off the side of a building, hitting you in the face. <laughs> movie's so good. It's my favorite Christmas movie. God, it's good. I love that movie so much. And two is just as good. I've actually heard three is awesome. I don't know that I've seen it. I'm going to have to check that out uh, with the kids. Somebody told me that. They said three is sneaky good. And then I'm sure they get a little more ridiculous as it goes. But nothing beats the original two. So good. All right. Let's take a quick break. We'll come back. Dan Israel, executive producer of the Chiefs Radio Network, joins us when we return on Sports Daily. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile Essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. Oh, 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 O'Reilly. Protect your vehicle's engine with a full synthetic oil change and save with Mobile One at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Purchase five quarts of Mobile One full synthetic motor oil and receive a $10 O'Reilly gift card after rebate. See store for details. With your Mobile One purchase, you'll also receive two times points during Old Rewards Bonus Points Month at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Oh, 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 O'Reilly Auto Parts We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com.